Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Ecom Sales Tax Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Johnson, and I've got with me Dan Peisner. Uh, Ecom Sales Tax Podcast is all about helping companies in the ecom space, uh, whether it's your full time business or your it's part of a brick and mortar strategy as well. It's all about helping you deal with the U.S. sales taxes without losing your mind or losing your business, keep you up to date on latest changes and just items of general interest when it comes to sales tax and state and local taxes for e-com businesses. As I said, I'm Andy Johnson. I'm your host. I'm your co-host, actually. And on with me is Dan Peisner. Dan, how's it going? Going well, Andy. Dan is a uh, authority on state and local taxes for e-com businesses, uh, also for income taxes. He is my co-author on the AICPA multi-state income tax course. And so we stay on top of issues affecting income tax, sales and use tax. And Dan, before we get to uh, my main topic, which is how to how e-com businesses can do their own sales tax returns, uh, why don't you just give us an update on what's happening in the world of state and local taxes for e-com businesses? Certainly, Andy. Uh- First off, we're uh, we're continuing to to monitor some of the uh, the fallout from Wayfair, and we're we're now expecting a good probably, I would say, ten uh, as of right now, and it, and this is changing almost on a daily basis, but a, a good ten states that are going to start requiring the register uh, reporting and collection of sales tax as of October uh, 2018. Did you right. see that's a good 10 states? Uh, well, there's uh, could be bad 10 states if one of them is talking to you about Nexus right now, but uh, approximately 10 states uh, as of this morning, with one of the latest being Washington to announce. Uh, that may not be a, a huge change for some of our sellers. Uh, Washington's always been very aggressive. They've, they've, uh, they've been a, an Amazon state for a number of years, and they've... Uh, and they've they've been probably one of the better ones, uh, or when I say better, I mean they've been one of the more efficient ones at finding unregistered sellers and and uh, and pushing them. But at, at this point, we're now seeing they're now going forward October first with uh, economic nexus, uh, which which is going to affect e-commerce and, and certainly a number of others. Uh, they they are going to be using the strict $100,000 or 200 transactions. Um, one of the, the newest events that we found out uh, just earlier today uh, was Texas. Um, Texas is being one of the biggest states for, for a number of sellers. Uh, there's been a, they've, they haven't had a lot about what they're going to do other than uh, we've known that they're going to uh, begin requiring collection sometime in 2019. We now know that they're they're still, and this is very preliminary, but they're now looking at doing some kind of a format where they're going to do both uh, a dollar value, such as a hundred thousand dollars, and a two hundred dollar a two hundred transaction limit instead of an or. So you would have to have both both exceed the dollar limit and the transactional limit, and not one or the other. Uh, this will protect both the the seller that's uh, got the that has say farm equipment and uh, may make one or two sales in the state of Texas and surpass the dollar limit, 
as well as the e-com seller with an average of 10, say $10 per sale and we're 200 transactions really in a lot of revenue. So uh, that we, we count that as a, if, if this holds through the, the final version, that's going to be a, a huge win that we feel. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, you know, Texas is a very competitive state. You know, they're always looking to uh, tout their business friendly environment as it, as as a real practical matter, Texas for sales tax audits is very aggressive. Don't you agree? Very much so. Very much so. Um, we take we'll take a break anywhere we can get it, though. Yes. So <clears throat> uh, I think this this would be a fairly significant benefit to the smallest sellers that you have to sur- surpass both tests. You have to have more than a hundred transactions in a year. 200 transactions and more than a hundred thousand in sales. It's also a good way for Texas to distinguish itself from the other States. Yeah. And we will, we will keep everybody updated. Of course, as, as matters progress, uh, uh, the, uh, the legislature will reconvene in January. So uh, they of course can decide to throw their hat in the ring and change this any way they see fit. All right, very good. So thank you, Dan, for staying on top of all that. Um, You know, we haven't talked much about the state income tax effect of Wayfair, but uh, that will be interesting to see how that unfolds. You would imagine that states would, uh, plenty of states already did not believe that there was a physical presence uh, requirement because they thought that Quill only applied to sales tax. I always thought that was a bit of a reach, but now, uh, but some states still respected it. Um, and now you would think they would reimagine what their, uh, what their nexus laws are going to be for income tax as well. Uh, certainly. Uh, Texas is one of those states that, that kind of applied physical presence to their state franchise tax returns, just as they, they kind of have in sales. And there's a there was definitely a, a discussion going on at the comptroller's office right now regarding uh, kind of stepping away from that and going and now that now that physical presence is completely gone uh, and going towards more of a an economic presence standard, which uh, as as our many clients that that have are just now getting uh, no filing notices essentially from the comptroller's offices can can attest to the uh, the franchise tax return is is a little bit of a pain to do. All right. So um, obviously with the uh, Wayfair decision, it's, it's already much more easy to have Nexus than it was before because there's no protection uh, given to if you're not, if you don't have a physical presence. And as you mentioned, there are 10 bad States that are probably going to come online in October. And there are some States that are particularly bad at, uh, Washington, you mentioned, at being very aggressive in tackling or finding uh, deficient taxpayers. Um, <clears throat> I want to make sure we get that terminology right. That's bad, not good. Um, so what it means over the next three to six months and a year maybe, you're going to be, unfortunately, if you're a business of any size, you're going to be filing returns in more states than you used to. And so I thought it would be good to discuss or just 
talk about one solution. There are more solutions than this, but one solution I think is really good. Uh, on our CPA podcast, I talked about Avalara Trust File <clears throat> in the context of a CPA doing returns for their clients. And now I want to talk about it slightly differently of why it's, it's one of the best solutions for businesses, for merchants doing their own tax returns. Um, <clears throat> so here we go. I just grabbed a couple of screenshots and um, we know from our own experience over the last 10 to 12 years of doing sales tax returns that it's, it's, it's a very valuable service because it's so painful. And for us to do returns for our clients, um, it's involved quite a few steps. And, and I think our clients are usually shocked uh, what we have to do. But just to, just to show you our approach um, before TrustFile is we have to get data downloaded to us, uh, sales data. <clears throat> we have to manipulate that data so that it's sorted correctly. We sift out uh, data that doesn't matter for sales tax returns uh, to consolidate it into reports that we can use to actually file the returns. Then you have to upload that data into your solution and it populates the forms. You have to review the forms and usually have to make some adjustments on the forms. And then you have to go through a long process to uh, create the checks, get the envelopes printed, get the returns printed and signed, match them all up in the proper envelope, and then get them mailed in. Or now there's another step in states that require online filing to actually log into the state website and hand enter that information. <clears throat> so that is the process that many businesses go through. It's the process we go through for our clients. Uh, it's uh, very, very involved. <clears throat> now, let me introduce Avalara Trust File. And I've got a special link in our show notes that will allow you to get a double the, um, the trial period. So just make a note of that. Um, because I think this is, this is a very worthwhile solution, especially for smaller businesses that want to do it on their own. Um, so uh, one of the great benefits is that the data uh, upload process where you, you have to bring data in from your various platforms, sort it, and then upload it to your solution, or just sort it yourself in, in Excel so that you can do the returns yourself, has been greatly simplified and in some cases eliminated. Because if you sell through one of these uh, accounting platforms or sales platforms, these are the big ones, and then there's more, then you can automatically hook up to these, to your account, and it will already have your sales data already in the system, and you don't have to upload it. So that's number one thing, uh, not ranking them, but that's one of the top three things. We'll rank these afterwards, Dan, so be thinking what you think is the most important. So once the data is uploaded and you've populated, it automatically populates the returns. Um, <clears throat> it will tell you if there are errors in the data. And usually the errors have to do with the city name is spelled wrong or it doesn't uh, jive with the uh, zip code. And so you either have to change the zip code or delete the data 
or if it's a foreign transaction like to a military base or something, then you would just elect to leave that data out. So you would go in and just make those corrections. But once that's done, then the returns are populated. Um, the next thing that I love and what I think is, is maybe my, uh, the second big thing that I love about trust file for merchants is that in your setup process, you would, you enter in your bank account and you can create your own bank account that is strictly for sales tax payable. And so when you set yourself up, <clears throat> you would just put in your bank information and, and then you don't have to transfer money to anybody. You don't have to worry that you don't have to create checks, nothing. You just enter your bank information. The only thing you need to make sure of is that there is money in there for when they go to pull out the money, right? So the old way of doing it, especially if you outsource it, is you would have to transfer money to your accountant. And they would have to hold your money. Uh, but now we have this new way. So that's benefit number two, big benefit number two. There's actually more than just three. Uh, big benefit number three is addressing the last part of that uh, uh, manual approach, which is after you upload your data, make sure there's no errors, correct the errors, uh, populate the forms, and uh, make sure that you like how the forms are done and make sure you have money in that account. The, the last part of that manual process is you print out the returns, you create checks, you get all the checks signed by a proper check signing authority, you sign all the forms, you print all that out and get your envelopes ready. So you have to go find where's the address to this jurisdiction, get the proper postage on it, and then fold everything, sort it all together, put it in the right envelope, and get it sent off in time. And then the second painful part of that process is even after all that, you have to go and sometimes sign in online and go to the state website and enter that information again, but manually, leaving lots of potential for um, transfigured numbers or um, fat finger errors, you know, lots of problems there. Plus, when you're mailing in returns, uh, it has to go through a whole bunch of different processing uh, hands. You know, someone has to separate the check, and they enter the check in one system, cash the check. You have to verify the numbers on your return, make sure it's signed. Uh, the post office has to deliver it. So there's lots of parts in there where things can go wrong. Electronically filing the returns would be a much quicker solution, except that it's also very time-consuming to go onto those websites. So the third benefit, and what I would rank as my number one most important benefit, is that once you have uploaded your data and, and approved the returns, they, the Avalara files the returns for you electronically and then pulls the money out of your account, like I mentioned in benefit number two. And then the third biggest benefit, uh, ranking number three in my book, is that the data upload is so much easier. So Dan, those are my three big benefits. I'm interested if you would rank them any differently or you would 
have any other comments about it? Well, um, and I'm, I'm certainly not a returns expert by any means, but uh, when, from my, the, my experience when I've had to kind of dive into it, uh, I've got to say the, the upload's been one of the more frustrating parts for me. So uh, the ability to have that data automatically carry over and just have to deal with the errors, uh, it, it cannot be oversold, um, certainly. And then I think the next big one is the, certainly the, the ability to automatically file it online. Uh, maybe I would probably rank that higher if I was one of our return preparers and it had to do California this time around. Uh, for those not for those who haven't heard, California has implemented a new filing process, and it's taken uh, the the entry for online filing, which they pretty well mandate, takes about three times as long as the prior system. So. Um, uh, the ability to automatically e-file that is, is certainly uh, will, will save a lot of heartache. All right. So what's your number one is the data upload. Number two is the automatic filing. And mm -hmm. three is the money handling. Yep. That, that's my ranking. All right, Dan. Well, thanks for uh, being part of this one today. And thanks for the update on uh, Texas and the other states who are seeking to uh, implement Wayfair as soon as possible. And thanks for your input on the uh, trust file. By the way, just so you know, um, <clears throat> we also uh, perform return services for clients. Trust files, beautiful solution, especially for the smaller businesses. But once you get into the large, you know, 20, 30 states and collecting a lot of tax, it really, uh, there's a good case for outsourcing at that point. So just can keep that in mind and we'd be happy to, to talk to you about that further. So Dan, thanks again. See you next week. My pleasure, Andy.